Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about and exclusively about the Pioneer format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and a special guest. Hey everybody, uh, it's Ryan, the Japan hobbyist. Uh, hope everyone's doing well today. And uh, special guest? Hey everyone, it's your regular go-to grinder for Pioneer, Harry13, back again. Back again, yes, absolutely. So, why don't you introduce us to this topic? Because normally we bring Harry on, we're talking a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. This one, um, I, I don't know where you'd put it exactly. Not not quite as for fun as last week, but yeah, this is uh, more this is more of a uh, an exercise in deck building of sorts, I guess we could say. How to build your decks? You know, people are still kind of exploring the format, and they're trying to play the format, and they're trying to find out what the optimized build of the decks are. And so, basically, when I was thinking of this idea, I just thought, you know, I, I had. Uh, Martin's uh, voice in my mind for some reason. Just him saying this, it sounded so perfect. And the topic of today um, is your deck sucks. And <laughs> oh, so I assumed you were referencing. So there's like a famous Twitter that's your deck sucks. That no, no, exactly I just that. I just I hear his voice when I say because it it's like you know we break down the deck. So basically, the the idea is there is a, a distinction between tier one and tier two decks. Tier one decks. You know, have something that makes them, you know, you know, tier one. What makes them tier one? And why are these tier two decks, you know, not doing as well? What what are their problems? What do they need to kind of, you know, you know, raise up in the the metagame in in uh, Pioneer? So yeah, so, sorry, I, I I hear you as the voice of reason, Martin. You know, <laughs> to tell me not to play bad decks. So that's why I thought of you first for this topic. So we're going to go off the beaten path just a little bit, not talk about, you know, all of the Is It Prowess and Nayo Inoto that we've been seeing mm. doing so well consistently lately and kind of go down our tier list to like those B and C tier kind yeah. of decks that are, you know, they show up. They certainly have a reason why they're being played and they're worth talking about yeah. in the mindset of a competitive player, but they're not the decks that are consistently and constantly winning and showing up. And we want to just discuss why, like what what are they kind of missing? What could make them that next step and uh, what, what sucks about them is what Ryan wants to hear yes, about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mean to gaslight people. I'm just, I'm just using that as a uh, clickbait. Sorry. No, um, no, no, absolutely. no, 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 no. <laughs> gaslight them. Your deck sucks, right? Yeah. You need a slap in the face. You <laughs> exactly. need to wake up to reality. You're losing games of magic because you're not playing the right decks. And that's that. That's what they need yeah. to hear. I'm here for the tough love. Right. And we, um, we also, we, I also have you here for the, uh, uh, the accent because I kind of feel that it brings like a little bit of weight, you know. Yeah. To it, so <laughs> I mean, we're gonna send some tough love back. You know, I can start off with being like, "Hey, you know, how's that ascendancy combo deck? Doing? Yeah, is that, is that a good deck right now?" <laughs> well, I know I I, I topated the challenge the other weekend, so it must be doing all right. You know, hey, must well, be doing all right. Must be doing. Sure. All right. I, I I did want to preface preface with a preface preface this uh, this uh, topic by saying I think any of these tier two decks, if you have a good pilot, you can win. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. 100%. There's so many, and I, they're the bane of my existence, right? But there's so many, knowing, like, I learn through experience, mm-hmm. people love being one-tricks in Magic. There's so many pioneer one-tricks on Magic mm-hmm. Online. And you always see these decks pop up in the top eight of challenges, and you're like, oh, 
of course it's so and so playing that deck. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, but they seem to win with it. Like <laughs> Claudio, sometimes, Sorry. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Cla- Claudio does go off of yeah. that. You know, I would think like Seventh Prophet is uh, mono white, or uh, I bet I can think of some enigmatic. Other ones if I saw the names. another one, and yeah, yeah, Hiro Hiro Sukai loves a mono mm-hmm. blue spirits. Um, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, like, and you've got. Um, there's there's people that are one tricks with decks that are reasonably good. Like uh, you've got a guy, you've got a player called Showtime, who only mm-hmm. plays Rakdos. Like they only ever play Rakdos, and it's annoying because most of the decks I normally play don't tend to have good Rakdos matches. So I bet mm-hmm. he thinks he's like an amazing. Oh, I must be much better than him. I beat him a lot, and it's like, well, hmm. you do you do play that deck a lot, and I tend to play decks that kind of fall a bit prey to it. But yeah, um, there is there is a number. There's a lot. Like there's a lot of hidden strings one tricks and there's a mm-hmm. lot of spirits one tricks i don't know what it is about those two decks but they seem to have a very strong hold on players that they only ever play these decks it's kind of like storm right storm people you always have like the storm guys in like modern right like they just love storm there's something about the deck they just love it's the same with like spirits and it's the same with like hidden strings it just builds this fan base of one trick players Mm-hmm. Like and also, of course, you'll get people that just play burn or like aggro decks and stuff. But yeah, yeah, those two decks in, speci- in particular seem to generate a lot of one tricks. It's funny. Do we want to start off with either of those decks and uh, kind of discuss why they aren't well, being played by the broader base of players, or do you want to talk a little bit more on this topic? Um, I don't know if they're the best examples, right? Because like I feel like Hidden Strings is obviously I would say Hidden Strings is a tier one deck. Right, that's that's fair. I would call it yeah, that it's, as well, it's, at least consistently showing up. It's definitely one of the best decks in the format, um, so I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really fault that deck. But let's, um, hmm. I mean, well, here here's the thing, real real quick. Maybe we should just kind of say what's tier one, and then what's everything else. I think right, that'll okay. be easier because then we can kind of focus on you know not talking about those. So okay, you say Lotus Field is tier one. I could see that. I think yeah. it does have issues. Can be hated but, out, but. Very I consistent. Will pre- I will preface. I will preface. One of the main fundamental things that people get wrong in Pioneer is they don't meta game. They don't meta game for the weekend, and the mm-hmm. Pioneer format is a constant, and it's been like this for over a year now. It's a constant rotation of decks. Mm-hmm. You need to know when to pick your spot. I play Jeskai Sensei once in a while. I don't play it every week because it's mm-hmm. not good every week. It's inc- It has a very powerful combo but it's slightly inconsistent with the mana base. I pick my spot. I played it last weekend because I knew that lots of people were trying out the blue-red prowess deck. In my opinion, Ascendancy has a good matchup there because it can go off game one because they've got zero counter spells mm-hmm. and their sideboard only had about four counter spells in total. And I knew that Overall, in the three matches, I would be favoured because ultimately, I believe Ascendancy has a favoured matchup. Do I think Ascendancy is good to play every week? Certainly not. I don't think. I think it's just below tier one at the moment. It's just not quite consistent enough for the mana base for me, and it dies to Narset. If everyone's playing Narset, I'm not playing Ascendancy. Deck can't beat it. Very mm-hmm. difficult, right? And the same applies to Hidden Strings. I see like W K Maduri. Uh, they did well last weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it was a reasonable time to play Hidden Strings. There was less burn, and there was more kind of these like prowess decks, or the blue-red decks and the red-black decks traditionally do badly against Hidden Strings. So they top-hated both challenges, but I guarantee you they will not show up for weeks on end because they're still playing Hidden Strings in a, in a meta where mono-red aggro is the top deck, and you're just going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So 
Like it's that. That's a, that's one thing. It's like why your deck sucks. It doesn't suck every week, but it sucks most weeks, and you keep playing it. Just switch decks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just, hey, I like that. That 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 could be top of our list of your deck sucks because mm-hmm. it's not the right time. Yes, and yes. what it is, it's like see if I played Mono Green Ramp every week. There'll be times I'll sna- smash the meta and I'll I'll probably top eight if not win a challenge. The deck's not good all the time. It it, it gets preyed upon. Same with Phoenix. You get preyed upon. It's not good. Take a break. Winota. Take a break. Mm-hmm. You, 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 that's the most fundamental. Like the fundamental philosophy in pioneers, you need to keep moving. You need to keep changing things. You can't stick with the same thing. This is why pioneers have a nightmare to play in paper. Your deck's going to be bad for a lot of the time. So let's 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 break that down, right? So we can talk about like the fundamentals in the format, right? So we look at what's what's the best cards in the format, right? So we've got you know pioneer can sometimes feel like a goldfish format because mm-hmm. you've got you've got lotus, right? You've got uh, Winota you've yeah. got like Mono Green Ramp you've got all these decks that just don't care about what you're doing they just do, they just go off and then you have to deal with it and then before Mono Green Ramp like last year we had like John Citadel where it's like I'm just going to spew out my cards and go off try and stop me that's what Pioneer is to an extent it's becoming more interactive now because you've got decks like Rakdos Midrange has became tier 1 since Fable of the Mirror Breaker you've got like um blue red prowess alongside is at phoenix mm-hmm. uh, so, and you've got like the red kind of aggro midrange strategies and you've got you know since the printing of wandering emperor and stuff you've got control coming back into the fold uh so you you do have a bit more interaction right but fundamentally like cards like lotus field winota um nykthos they kind of define the format in some kind of way and then you've got to look at like what are the what are the best like you've got you've got the delve cards right they define the format right because a lot of the best decks you can only do so bad when you've registered four opt four consider four um Chichikus what's the card called no 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 what's no. the what's the red blue card called expressive iteration oh, and yeah. then and then yeah treasure cruise or dig through time right fundamentally they are the in my opinion, I think some level of blue-red build is probably the best strategy to play in Pioneer. At any if given we, time. If, if, we, if we account over the past, like, is it 12 months? Whenever whenever Expressive Iteration can set, right? For the past, like, six months plus, right, some configuration of blue-red has probably been over... Not This isn't a week-to-week basis. There will be times where it isn't the best thing to be doing, but... Long term, if we look at if we look at the meta for a reasonably long period of time, we'll be able to assess. You know what, blue red was the was the ultimate uh, ultimate strategy mm-hmm. because that's yeah. Sometimes it, those decks feel like you're playing modern, um, given the fact that you don't need to register more than like 21, 20 lands, and you can you can just refuel your hand at any given time as well. I think mm-hmm. that's like one of the most powerful things to be doing. In, pioneer anyway the top decks right now for me ultimately tier one in my opinion is kind of kind of what goldfish is saying it's like winota is like i don't think it's the best strategy at the moment but it's definitely one of the best strategies to play it's just so unfair like it's Mm -hmm. so easy it's so easy to go off and it has like this has interaction has disruption like elite mm -hmm. spellbinder winota uh, sorry voice Mm -hmm. 
It has like Archon of Emilia. Like, there's just so much things going on with the deck that make it just fundamentally unfair. Sorry, you were going to say something there. Yeah, I was going to say tier one decks, um, for me, they just feel like these are the kind of decks that you could not have any kind of reps with, pick it up, play it, and you could still win a lot with it. Yeah. Whereas before, like we said, the tier two are the ones anybody can win with those if they are the master, if they know the meta and stuff like that. Yeah. It's harder to win consistently. It's harder to pick up and play. I would say, um, I'm not sure I agree with Winota, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with, like, Mono Green Ramp, 100%. Mm-hmm. I would disagree in terms of decks like Phoenix and Strings, Hidden Strings. Mm-hmm. Um, Those, yeah, I think you need to learn the lines. You need the reps. You need to know what your game plan is, right? You need, to, mm-hmm. especially with Phoenix. Phoenix, you can play Phoenix and still lose a bunch when you don't know what your end goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think yeah, you can pick it up and you can you can probably do okay with it. But it's kind of like knowing like, do how aggressively do you mulligan? Do you mulligan aggressively? What are you trying? What you what are you trying to push towards? What is your plan to finish the game off? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when people were playing trespass in Galvanic iteration, like knowing you should just wait till you get Galvanic and trespass, try and get go off as like turn five ideally, etc. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't really take that into consideration and were just trespassing on its own, and it's like, well, it's not very good, is it? But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, but overall, Winota is up there. Uh, the mono red deck, I'd say, is tier mm-hmm. one. Uh, Rakdos mid range. Phoenix, Blue Red Prowess, um, Mono Green Ramp, further uh, Hidden Strings, and then I think Blue White Control as well um, are probably the kind of top decks in the format right now, the decks to beat. They're the kind of like the decks you'll probably see most often. And then maybe I would say Esper Grease Fang's pretty good. Not as close. I yeah. would I would say it's in this kind of one point two five region if that ever mm-hmm. existed. Like I think that deck is definitely it, mm. it's definitely it's got something there that makes it very, very strong. Um Yeah, it's 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 just on the peripheral of that tier one. It's straddling the line between tier one and like tier one point five, tier two, I'd say. Hey Kevin, do you wanna weigh on this real quick? I think I agree with most of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I saw Grease Fang quite that high. I, you know, I help out putting together the playing Pioneer tier list and that, that kind of has it kind of below that, that meta cutoff. Um, but I think that's reasonable and it depends week to week, you know, stuff moves up, moves down, depending on how it's doing in tournaments. And, you know, that's exactly part of what we're trying to say is, is the timing right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like the timing for each weekend will like, um, basically drastically increase the deck's um, level in my opinion because I think decks like Nev to Light and Bant Spirits are a classic example of that. I think those decks can be as good if not better than most of the tier 1 decks on a, on a specific weekend. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. argue that Jeskai Sensei could be in that realm as well but it's you need to know when to play the decks. That's when you'll see the real payoff. And like Claudio yeah. does it quite well. Claudio plays two challenges most weekends. Mm-hmm. And I'll see him playing like he normally sometimes splits it, where he'll play like a one-one split between like a deck he wants to try out and Niv. But Claudio's a Claudio's very good at building Niv for the weekend. And I think most players the the main problem they have with Niv is they don't tune the deck. They just pick a list off Goldfish from like two weeks ago. And mm. then 
and then they don't get the results because they're they're not playing a, a they're, they don't have the finger on the pulse of the meta and it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work for them like Claudio's Claudio's lists are always on a week to week basis and that's why he gets rewarded the way he does when he plays events and you'll see him top eighting fairly regularly with Nev. I want to ask that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask real quick. Do you? I know you online. It's easier to get all this data and to kind of see where the meta is going and you know kind of what deck to choose. Is this going to be kind of similar when paper happens? Like when I mean I don't. We've talked about this in the last couple episodes. You know, organized play is coming this summer. I think uh, Japan said their tournaments are going to be starting in July. Uh, so we're going to have like July and August. Is it going to be easier to get all that data to make the right choice for the weekend for paper events, or is it going to be totally different? Like, what do you think? It's going to be marginally different, right? In my opinion, Magic Online, on average, the the quality of the players better than paper. Paper, mm-hmm. the very the the level of players you'll play against will vary, um, quite substantially. Magic Online, you probably the top bracket is probably on par with some of the best players in the world. Maybe not quite as concentrated. Like obviously, like the very best players you won't really see play Magic Online, like PV, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Vito, or whatever. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to be playing Magic Online. It's not worth his time, really, is it? Like mm-hmm. he'll be doing whatever he needs to do. Um, and some of those players, however, like the players that are probably like just below them, like you know, um, or you know, like you've got like your Nathan Stoyers, you've got like Jan Morris Merkel plays online as well quite often mm-hmm. uh you've got zach dunn like all these a lot of these guys that i know and they're just like top level players like um uh you've got like a lot of these very good grinders who are basically have top eighted like i think like the last pro tour there was quite a few modal grinders that top eighted it and stuff like that like um so you play against them quite regularly and you've got like the kind of like the kind of the, the, the decent grinders that you'll play against every week. Like, I'll play against people who are on, like, my level, if not, you know, slightly below or slightly above, like, quite often. That's, like, my competition a lot of the time. Mm. And they're normally a good... What they're playing on that week is normally a good indicator of what is probably going to show up on the weekend at the higher level of the tables. Obviously, the first few rounds, you're in... It's anyone's guess. It's anyone's guess, right? Like, when you're playing the first three, four rounds of a GP people are just going to turn up what they want and you're just going to have to deal with it. But see when you get to like day two and you get to like the XO, X1, X2 bracket, you're probably going to see a pattern of what the meta actually looks like. Mm-hmm. The true so meta. Ki- yeah, so it's kind of like how like what I would do differently there is like, well, you need to factor in everything. Your sideboard can't be super hedged against like specific matchups. You need to have mm-hmm. a sideboard that's quite versatile. Like I learned from um, Seth Manfield and he always he always kind of preached that like oh you should always kind of you know I like to have a if I'm going to a big tournament I want my cyborg to to recognize that and that's like a good tip I would say to people going to like GP tournaments or just like two three hundred person tournaments like don't don't uh, aggressively hedge your cyborg against one or two matchups Pioneer is super open especially mm-hmm. in these paper events and take that into account obviously play a deck that you think will do well against the meta, but take into account that you can play anything in the first few rounds. Yeah, I can just see it now. People hedge their bets against one or two, and then they lose so badly to another one. They're like, oh, this deck is broken. It needs to be banned. Yeah, it's like when people are like, oh, I've got a bad Lotus matchup, so I'll have like four cards in the sideboard for it. You're like, nah, please don't do that. Mm. Like, you you might play it once. Have yeah, have a have a reasonable exactly. portion dedicated to that. 
have a lot of versatile cards in the board. All right. But, so, um, yeah. I was going to say, I think we talked enough about Tier 1. Can we move yeah, into yeah. some... So let's talk about some Tier 2 decks now. So what are some Tier 2 decks, and why can't they win consistently? Like, why do they suck? What's what's their problem? Yeah. I mean, I, I have right. a long list. So, I mean, Kevin, right. do you want to start can... us off maybe? Mm-hmm. or Because you haven't had a chance to talk too much. Yeah, you know, I've been pretty quiet today, but that, that tends <laughs> to happen, and I'm usually fine with it. You know, <laughs> if it's not something that's my... Uh, you know, this is your episode. I'm going to let you uh, take the lead on it. So... Let's talk about Mono Black is one that I keep thinking about. It's like, how come Black Aggro just kind of fell off from space? You know, it, it wasn't a Luris deck. So it was one of the few aggro decks that kind of was still around even before Luris got banned, but hasn't shown up very much afterwards, even getting some new tools. Uh, why does that deck suck? Well, it's so Mono Black's, Mono Black's very efficient, right? It's very efficient at doing what it's do, doing what it does, right? But it's just worse than Rakdos, isn't it? Like, see if you look at it card for card. Why would you want to play this over Rakdos? You're, you know, Rakdos gets to utilize Den of the Bugbear, Hive mm-hmm. of the Tyrant. It's playing Bone Crusher Giant, Graveyard Trespasser. How does mm-hmm. your deck beat those cards? You're playing a bunch of X ones, right? You rely on the graveyard to get an edge. Everyone's eating up your graveyard with unlicensed hearse. Mm-hmm. Like, see if Phoenix didn't exist. And there was less graveyard hate. Mono black could be okay, but it's not. There's so much graveyard hate, and like, it's just not doing anything really powerful. Um, red red is in vogue, so all the removal was dealing three damage to your ankles. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. It, That's definitely true, yeah. And you're, th- it's just not doing doing enough. I don't actually think Thoughtseize is that good a magic card right now either. Because you're putting everything in the graveyard that they want you to put into the graveyard. Yeah, I think yeah. it works fine. I think it works fine with Rakdos because they have like the creatures and the planeswalkers to kind of back up any nonsense you're trying to do. But like, what's a Dread Wanderer going to do against a, a Soul Skarmage? Mm-hmm. Like they just prowess trigger and you're dead. Like none of your creatures can attack through it. Your blood soaks your Dread Wanderers. You're not attacking into that. Are you attacking into a Ledger Shredder? No, you're dead. So. So it sucks because it's too fair. It kind of yeah. The creatures are too mopey. There's not enough pressure, and your rankle, your top end just dies to a lot of the removal in the format right now. The best card in your deck is Graveyard Trespasser, and Graveyard hmm. Trespasser is played in like better in other yeah, decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and that deck also plays Fabled of the Mirror Breaker, which is better than most of the cards you have in your deck. So mm-hmm. yeah, right, I, have- I just. Hmm? Since they have another black deck, how about Mono Black Devotion? Why does that suck? Because <laughs> I've seen some people playing that they they're enjoying the Grey Merchants of Asphodel, you know, combo win. I mean, does well, it... I just want to quick, you know, oh. keep keep track. I'll be the guy, you know, the yeah. teacher that's always like, you know, re- review your points at the end of every paragraph. Um, so right now we've kind of said some of our reasons why your deck sucks is because it's not the right time or your deck is too fair, and I do think mm-hmm. I agree with that too fair for. We could probably say that for a lot of decks is that even if you've got a deck that's just generally strong, has some winning matchups, if you don't have some of those free games, that in the long run of a tournament is going to just lose it to you compared to decks that have games where they just like, there is absolutely no way you're ever beating this Minota hand, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, you have no free wins with Mono Black Aggro, and it's just the format's just got a little bit too powerful for it. Like, yeah, like Rakdos is just got the the cards it needed 
Like the issue with Rakdos in the past was it just didn't have a critical mass of powerful enough cards to justify playing the color pair. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like yeah. it's just got a lot better now. Like Graveyard Trespasser and uh, Fate, like the three drops are just so much better now for Mono mm-hmm. Mono Red. Uh, sorry, uh, Rakdos. That I just think it's better. Like Graveyard Trespasser, yeah, so much, so much a- value. Yeah. I mean, just like like you said, two for ones and you know stuff like oh, you yeah. said, Bone Crusher yeah. Giant, which you can use twice basically. And Graveyard Trespasser is such a house. I mm-hmm. hate. See, like I like a quick side note. I've been playing a, a four order prelim recently with Esper Control, and I really like it. <laughs> I played against. Well, Rag- that's not a fun card to play against. No, no, yeah. it's horrible. Like anyone who knows who's played Control will know how much they hate that card. And it's like it's so good against like red as well. Like, what are they going to do? Like, they double have to spend... burn and then discard yeah. two. Yeah, <laughs> it's just horrible. And you're gaining life by like because obviously you get spot removal and you're gaining life by just taking a creature. Oh my god, S- graveyard for me it was graveyard trespasser was the big big gain that that deck gained, and then the fable and mirror breaker was just like the cherry on top. It's just oh, and then coupled with den of the bugbear as well that. And Hive the mm-hmm. High Tyrant, they were massive gains for that deck as well. Like, it's just, it just creates so many, it just attacks on so many different axes that I just don't understand why you would play Mono Black Aggro over Rakdos. It's just, it's just better. It's just a stronger mm-hmm. deck. So, um, we want to discuss Mono Black Devotion. Yeah, and this goes a little bit different. It's a, you know, I wouldn't say it's. It's a little bit less fair, maybe. It's got a couple ways to bring stuff back from the graveyard to cast your gray merchant again, and you know, you know, why? Why is this? You know, why does this deck suck? Why isn't it? It's too slow. Why isn't it too one? Yeah. Okay. Your, your combo, your combo's too slow. You don't really have enough to deal with like what the 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 meta game's doing. Like, I don't know. I just, I just think this deck gets like. So it needs to have some kind of like a similar thing to mono green where it just it, we need to be able to disregard what everybody else is doing and just do their thing basically. Yeah, but it's just doing its thing a bit slower than other decks mm-hmm. that are doing that. It's just gold fishing a bit slower than like green or Winota. Okay. Like imagine like it's not it's playing two blood cheese source and three murder Rider. Like, it's all right. Like I, I think mm-hmm. gifted Aetherborn itself isn't exactly a good magic card, is it? Like. I don't know. Like you're playing a lot of mopey cards. Like I don't think Grey Merchant is that good a card either. Like it's five mana as well. Like I'd say just can go over you very easily as well. Yeah, so like spirits and, or and all all like all, decks. exactly. And all the decks are playing like a, like there's quite a lot of removal heavy decks that just like mm-hmm. don't give you the chance to really um like gain that critical mass of black devotion. Like your black devotion's heavily focused on your creatures whereas like a like the green deck is a lot of creatures that are hard to kill like uh the four mm-hmm. four yep um the elemental is quite difficult to kill and they have like a combination of creatures and planes you don't have a turn one play either do you know what i mean you have warlocks class like what, what does that even do do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um whereas like the mono green deck goes i've got an elf kill it turn one or you're in trouble this deck goes i'll play gifted aetherborn turn two and you're like oh wow scared might get thought seized. It's uh, just too we, slow. Should we keep going? Uh, Kevin, you want to choose another one? Another one? Yeah, I can pick another one that I wanted to bring up is... Uh, how about humans? That's another... You know, I've been Ooh, looking choice. hard at the aggro decks lately because 
I keep being like, why have these disappeared? Because that one I really liked um, after, what was it? Midnight Hunt came out, I think. It got some new tools and was really showing up a little bit. Uh, actually, probably Neo, because that's what gave it the uh, the second four-color land, or five-color land. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now it's kind of fallen back off again. Again, it was another one that survived the banning of Luris because it wasn't mm-hmm. a Luris deck, uh, but then has disappeared for the most part. So what's hitting out all these aggro decks? See... I'm not going to be too harsh on humans, right? I actually think this deck's pretty good, right? You have, like, you do have these fast starts that are really difficult to kind of interact with. Um, like, especially if it, if it wins the dice roll, it can be really scary. Am I the only one that think, thinks the mana base is just not that consistent enough? I, I think know, so. Like, I think it's the mana base. Like, I think mm. it's just, it doesn't have... Like, turn one whites into double green on turn two is like the best play, and you, you're not going to get that all the time. The, the the reason why humans is good is playable in modern is because of the one mana artifact that gives you free creatures. Right, mm-hmm. you don't have that with this, so your mana, yeah, unclaimed territory, woo, great, but like, it's just not quite consistent enough, and I don't want an inconsistent mana base when I aggressive deck, and I think mm-hmm. that's it. It just needs a little bit more consistency. We're not too far off, right? We're missing we're, the fast land for green white, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we, we're we have all, a pathway, I, but we're basically where Winota was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. We're like almost there. We're not quite there though. We're almost there. I think the deck is almost good enough. It's just not got a consistent mana base at the moment, in my opinion. And I what, think... what about the card choice? Do you think the card choice is there though? Like, do we yeah, have a, a I think, mass I think... with the one and two drops? There's there's a decent critical mass of humans. I think I think like Thalia was a massive printing for this deck. Mm-hmm. Thalia was huge, in my opinion. And um, Adeline is an absolute nightmare as well. Mm-hmm. I think the creatures are good enough. I just don't think the mana base is quite caught up yet. And I yeah. think you would need a what's it called the one man artifact that puts things into play. Uh, vial. Uh, Aether vial. vial. Aether vial. Yeah, if we got Aether vial, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, I think that would really piss piss me off uh, especially with <laughs> especially with, like mo- spirits and stuff like that as well um i'm not gonna like hate on this deck too much i actually think this deck's quite good um mm-hmm. i just think it's the, the it's kind of similar to similar to my feelings on ascendancy where i'm like there's just something missing in the mana base still that needs to be if we could get something more consistent then we would see it jump up a level in my opinion but yeah, I think this has it has tier one potential. It's just not consistent mm-hmm. enough yet with the mana base. And that's yeah. that's all my thoughts are with that deck. All right, my choice then. Next, uh, is that okay, Kevin? Yeah, please go ahead. So we talked a little bit about Grease Fang. I think Grease Fang's a little bit higher than what the Playing Pioneer says. I think they put it down to like a D rank or C rank or something like that for their uh, Esper and you know Mardu Grease Fang decks, but. Uh, Okay, it's not tier one. I can I, I will agree to that, but I don't think it's that low. But why does why do Grease Fang decks kind of suck? They're just because like I just... I've been winning a lot, at least on Explorer, but that's Explorer. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, oh wait, sorry, Kevin, you can win. No, go this. go ahead. I'm trying to think my thoughts as well here. You know, maybe I would put it as that we talked about decks that have free wins. Um, Grease Fang, you kind of just have some free losses. You know, you're, you're giving out a couple of 
games where your hand doesn't work. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there is there is a bit of that inconsistency. Sometimes you get, like, works. three of your Parhelions in the first hand, or you get only yeah. your uh, Fables or something. You got to have that correct, um, you know, hand. But at the same time, I think you know, people can get around that by just uh, aggressive mulliganing, you know, playing that enough knowing what kind of cards you have, the the more people play it, the better, you know, they'll get with it, right? Yeah, but you could have games where you, you know, you mulligan to five and then you just, you're up against a double thought seize deck yeah. and your hand is over. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Your, your deck is awful against hand attack. So easily opinion. disrupted. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. De- definitely post-board as well. You know, it is a deck that can fold to some targeted hate. And I think that, so, you know, if you're giving away some losses, you've got some ways to be hated on. It just feels like a deck that, it has very powerful draws. It's showing its presence in the meta, and people have to respect it. Mm-hmm. But if they are respecting it, that like it just can't consistently make those wins. I think. So are they y- both yeah. equal, uh, Martin? A war the, both equal. Sorry, the Mardu and the Esper. Would you say, or is one better um, than the other? It's hard, right? I think like the upside with Esper is there. Like, I think. It's doing a more un. It's got more potential to be super unfair, but the plan B is just not really there. Like I've tried this deck, I've tried to make it work, but like, it's just yeah. It's just like for example, right? The reason why I really like Phoenix is it's relatively resilient to hate because at the end of the day, Phoenix is still a four four three two with haste, mm-hmm. which is good, right? It's not amazing, but it's still a good card. What does Parhelion do? When are you going to cast it? It's turn eight. Yeah. If you get rest in peace, you're, you're goosed. Like Unless you have Ledger a Shredder removal, yeah, yeah. Like Ledger Shredders, like how do you unlicensed Hearst is an absolute nightmare for the deck. Yes, yes, I hate it, hate it. Whereas, see if you look at, see if you look at the Mardu Griezmann deck, it's behaving like a kind of red black mid range deck. Otherwise, mm-hmm. where you've got like Blood Tithe Harvester, Voldaren Procure, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Like Jack Crooks is in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can bring in this trespasser on the sideboard. You could probably like add a Kalitas there and just kind of, kind of play like you're not playing as powerful a deck. You're probably playing playing like a tier two deck at that point. Mm-hmm. But you've still got a plan like that can reasonably win games. The other deck has like the plan B is like one or two planeswalkers and a couple of monastery mentors. That's not really going to change the dynamic of the game a huge amount. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the planeswalkers you can reasonably play are like one wandering emperor. Some people play Jace and I'm like, well, you're not Phoenix though. You don't see pretty much all your deck that quickly. Like a reason why I like Jace and Phoenix is like, especially with the trespass, you can basically just pieces of the puzzle plus trespass. You can just see all your deck and like genuinely win with Jace. With Jason, that deck, you're just playing it as like a value planeswalker. It's not a bad, it doesn't do a bad impression of that, but it's not why I put Jason in my deck. I have I a want question it, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. though. Do you think that uh, Grease Fan could actually do better if we do more of like the uh, transformational sideboard thing, like you said? Just kind of move into like the, uh, Mardu can move into like the red black mid range, and I don't know, I don't know, what could Blue, what could Esper do? Blue Black's not really. A I thing. mean, they're practically a control deck. They I guess they just could just bring in some uh, Teferis or something. Yeah, <laughs> but the issue is like I, I don't, I don't love that. Yeah, the issue is like it goes completely against what your game one strategy is. It's too much work. Like, I guess like you could play a sort of like, like yeah, you could just play a value deck. Like, you could play like, like take your Grease Fangs out, take your Parhelions out, and like board in like yeah, you could board in the Monastery Mentors some disruption i mean mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I don't know if I'm being crazy, but I almost feel like I want to play like three Parhelion and two Sky Sovereign because I feel like Sky Sovereign functions as an actual card, whereas like Parhelion's a dead card. However, like maybe that's the play. Maybe like you take so, out, you have like a Sky Sovereign in the sideboard, and you you do like a almost like a two two split or a three two split, and just like you know so he, play. Mm-hmm. Hear me out here, refurbish. Bringing back your your artifact no, to the no, graveyard no. from the graveyard and then curing it the next turn—that's a good way to get no, around. No, no. <laughs> nah, like the issue, the issue is right. So there was like Abzan, which was interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. you there there's just not enough like relevant, like good artifact vehicles that are like low mana cost. Because mm-hmm. having access to Eska's chariot would be really good. Yeah, but like Abzan's just not a good color pairing for the deck, like. I want something like Ledger Shredder that can be really like a house on its own kind of thing. I mean, they can um, dig really far. I mean, you get like Grizzly Salvage and stuff that hits like what six or seven or something like that. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but like you said, you you lose Fable, for example, if you're not playing red. You lose Ledger Shredder or whatever if you're not playing blue or the uh, Faithless uh, Looting. Was it Faithless Looting? No, the uh, yeah, yeah, something. Uh, Faithful Mending. There we go, Mending. So. Yeah. You could maybe, like, I don't know, you can maybe play, like, a thing in the ice package in the board. Like, I feel like you've got enough cantrips mm-hmm. combined with, like, the thought seizes and stuff to play something like that. Um, I, I also think, like, the builds are just nowhere near, like, complete. Um, I think, like, there needs to be more work put into the structure of the deck. Like, I've seen some people playing Kaito Shizuki, which I think mm-hmm. is a reasonable choice. Um, that's a very, like, a reasonable Planeswalker you can play. Um, he has that draw and discard. Uh, yeah, ability, yeah. Right? It's also it's also just a decent planeswalker for the value. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like people are playing like Obscura Charm, which I think is just bad. Um, I'm not a massive fan of that card to be honest. Um, I think it's okay, but it's quite clunky. But mm-hmm. um, I guess I guess a one of it's probably alright. But like the issue is like you need a critical mass of like cheap cantrips and spells to gain the advantage of the ledger shredder um but yeah the main issue is like what are you going to do when someone plays an unlicensed hearse mm-hmm. you need to you need to factor that into your deck building you need to really think about like okay what happens if this because if that happens then i can't win with my main win con then what's my alternative win con is it good enough because if it's not then what am i doing i mean that's why i have you know removal in the, the sideboard for that stuff yeah some I'm, devil pre- or something yeah, but I would I would just prefer at that point just to have an alternative game plan to say, well, mm-hmm. if this comes down, then we can just, like, we have Fatal Push, we don't care about the creature. Mm-hmm. We just need to do something that means that we're not too we fixated dis- on it. Disregard it, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think cards like Tainted Indulgence helps. I also wouldn't mind just playing the, what's the one, draw three, discard two, unless it's an artifact. What's that card called again? Uh... Thought something. Thought. Uh, mm, don't know if it's that. It's the blue card. It's like. Um, yeah. Um, no, I know what you're talking about. Hold on it's one a second. New one, right? Was that from like Neo or? Um, yeah, but it's been around for ages. Like it's not. Uh, it's thirst a reprint. Thirst knowledge. Thirst. Thirst for knowledge, right? It's thirst for knowledge. Maybe? Thirst. Thirst. Yeah. Yes, not, I, th- not thought. I wouldn't mind playing like maybe a copy of that or something or something to generate value by discarding like the dead cards, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um. That card might be alright. 
it's just like I feel like the deck has so much potential I just don't think it's there yet I think the deck is still pretty raw and we've not found the optimal build of it yet once there's like a clean mm. optimal build of Greasefang then yeah maybe we'll get closer to um, f- to it being tier 1 but yeah it definitely has some obvious like plot holes in it that need to be addressed Mm. Um, I personally think you should probably be playing more treasure crews or dig through time effects. I think playing two is a bit suspect. Like well, I would, it, I would. I was mm-hmm. gonna say, especially like in in Mardu, you have Crooks that can take advantage of all those extra cards in your graveyard. So yeah, definitely yeah. having some kind of delve card would be really good. Well, Even a Mangler. Of... Oh, Garmag Angler. Yeah. It could be pretty sick. The only issue with that is it's a threat that's dependent on the graveyard, and this is what we're trying to get away from. I think your game one package, you can go heavy, like play three copies of Treasure Cruise or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you don't want to get rid of the, the Parhelion, but I think you still have enough critical, like you have enough cards to fill yeah. the graveyard that you don't need to worry too heavily about that. We just There just needs to be like good, like sideboard, a, a good sideboard, like the classic sideboard into a mid-range fair deck plan. Um that we don't quite have because like if you look at inverter inverter was still a 6-6 flyer for 6 like it was insane mm-hmm. value on the card that was another thing about inverter like it was just that effect was just printed on a very yeah an absolute house whereas if inverter was painted painted on a card that was like I don't know like a 1-1 flyer or something its win rate would have dropped like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean whereas this is very mm-hmm. much one side of the combo was dead and the other side of the combo was like a 4-3 for 3 which is actually fine but like the fact that Parhelion is just an absolute blank piece of text unless it comes down unfairly is a big issue of the deck that needs to address. And it needs to address the fact that it's probably not going to be able to administrate or orchestrate its game plan post-board and that they need to have an alternative plan. So like I think your sideboard should be more focused on transformation and less so on all these like random like noxious grasps you're playing that just don't really matter ultimately. Mm. Okay. Um- if you want to win. Kevin, I have a couple. I have like one or two more that I want to talk about. Is there another deck? I mean, if you don't mind, I know. I can you know, think of probably to... one or two more. Yeah, that so I maybe we can each do one anymore. one more, and then you know we can wrap it up because I know you, know, you don't want to go too. Okay, well, yeah. What's the one that you've got then? Well, I, mean, I just went. I had Grease Fang. So oh, okay, that's fair. Um, so okay, yeah. Another one that I want to talk about here is the kind of Transmogrify decks. Um, a big reason is you know I've been hearing that Explorer, that's a popular deck mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's been showing up. You know, my brother's been playing a lot of Explorer. He's been talking about it, raving about it. So. I'm thinking maybe people will be saying, hey, you know, I like this deck in Explorer. I want to play real Pioneer and tell them why is that not a great deck in the format Why does it suck? (laughs) Yes. Why does it suck? (laughs) It's another one of these decks that's just like, it lost the reason to play it, right? It lost to Ferry, Time Raveler. Like, Mm. just lost, like, why? I don't know. Like, you're playing a four mana sorcery spell that's dependent on targeting a creature. Like, how often is that going to happen? Yeah, you're, you're there's still a lot better like a, removal in yeah, Pioneer than Explorer, probably. Yeah, and you're playing a you're you're playing a blue red deck that can't really play expressive iteration. Like, I don't really like that. Like, it's just you just play a bunch of like I've seen people just trying to slam expressive iteration in, in decks that doesn't support expressive iteration. Like, I don't want to play expressive iteration when the average CMC cost of my cards is greater than three. Why would I do that? Like, am I just hoping to double land every time I cast a spell? Well, it doesn't make it as good. It's just a sorcery speed anticipate with slight upside at that point. Um, yeah, ultimately, there's no Teferi Time Raveler. That's it. Okay. No Teferi Time Raveler. So, too easily very to easy. disrupt then. Yeah, too easily to disrupt. 
he doesn't win the game on the spot either. It'd be different if it's like of, do you know what I mean like cat combo where it was like, well, if you can't interact with this, you just lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so that puts a lot more pressure. Yeah, on them. and it, you have to interact with it or lose. And I think Agent of Treachery ultimately isn't a powerful enough like payoff. I think like if you had something that had like, um, kind of like almost like if you could do it with like an Ulamog or like a uh an Emrakul, yeah, it'd be insane. But I just think the payoff just isn't really there. You're just you're just like it's like um, when we tried to cheat that um, vampire in with Soren. Like, oh, this could be insane. Then we just kind of found out actually it's not necessarily game winning on its own. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like the Planeswalker Tibble where it's kind of like oh, this is actually like really really good and very difficult to deal with. So yeah, the payoff's not there for the, how easy it is to disrupt. I think misses okay. the fairy time raveler big time because you could cast him transmog by instant speed as well so yeah all right i got two more so my next yeah, one yeah. i want to go, go ahead so heroic i've always kind of been a fan of heroic but i've, I've never it's really never made it to like tier one well, so this, this has been coming back recently. it has like, there's been. been some heroic lists showing up i think it's worth talking I about don't now. think What's it's good or bad one. about it yeah so why why does it still kind of suck well why isn't it tier one? Why can't it make it to tier one? Uh, see, you this know. is a diff- this is a difficult one, right? Because I personally think heroic just lost, um, took a massive L when a uh, Lurus got banned. Mm-hmm. I think it's very it's basically a Lurus deck that Lurus is literally free in. It's literally free, and it lost yeah, like it. they're still not playing. They're still not playing any free drops. CMCs. Yeah, they literally just lost Lurus. And it's kind of like, well, it's still like so good, but you have the new uh, Knife card, the Illuminator, which is kind of nice. I like that idea. It has the double strike. Yeah, but I... Okay, so well, I want to I back up Martin now and say that like, this was probably one of the absolute best Luris decks because it's so dependent on you having at least one creature to protect. Yeah. And Luris was not only always that creature, but could, if, you know, if they're just removing your one creature, it helps you get that one back. So mm-hmm. it, it really depended on that. So without it, it has a lot more games where you just have all spells or yep. all creatures yep. and not the other. Yep. And, and think about this, right? You're playing this game plan, a similar kind of game plan with Blue Red Prowess, and you have a companion, and you have treasure crews. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to play Boros over that? You're playing against other decks that have infinite like removal spells for your creatures. It's just kind of not there. Like mm. I don't know. It's just not. The just upside isn't there for me. It's, yeah, if you ha- if you draw like your God's Willing, multiple God's Willings, you draw your mana. You're able to like play a threat and protect it, protect it twice. Like brilliant. Like you'll win the game that way. But like turn one play your your swiss beer all right shock mm-hmm. it all right turn two i'll play my 10th district legionnaire i'll stomp it with a uh, bone crusher yeah, giant yeah all right turn three i'm gonna play like my like my creature with two backup spells right but my turn three is just gonna like be more powerful than that like who cares mm-hmm. i don't know i just it's just it it doesn't have the recovery engine that the blue red prowess decks have it needed lurus like lurus was that engine it doesn't have it anymore that's and like, yeah, yeah. I just it just doesn't have the engine. It it dies out. I think it's too easy to, it's too easy to go the long game and beat it now that it doesn't have like Lurus. This deck was this deck was good. This was a tier one deck with Lurus. This mm-hmm. was this was this and uh, it's the same reason. It's almost like saying like, why is enchantments not good anymore? It doesn't have Lurus. 
Mm-hmm. It's still probably reasonable, but it doesn't have Lurus. It's nowhere near as potent as it was with Lurus. No yeah, recovery gonna... engine. No long yeah. game. Can't play the long game now. Has mm-hmm. to win. Has to win fast. All the yeah, other decks it... like Mono Red. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I would just sorry. I would just finish. Yeah. Uh, decks like Mono Red have Chandra Dress to Kill. Is that the card? Is that the new Chandra? Yeah. Yeah, that card's, yeah that, that card's really good. That card's really good because it turns on all the spectacle creatures and you can play a bit of a longer game. Um, you don't really have that. Do you know what I mean? You can't really pivot into a mid-range deck with this. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's. I just don't think it has the strengths of other decks and that are fighting for that position, aka Mono Red and um, Blue Red Prowess. Mm-hmm. I think they are just the better decks. Yeah. Like a deck can still be good, but there's just better decks in that range, and I just think it's the third or fourth best choice in that range of strategies that you can play in the format right now. Yeah, and I think it gets absolutely destroyed by Rakdos. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to say I played a lot, or I have been playing it a lot, and I ran into the same problems. You either got all spells or all creatures. Yep. Or you yep. just run in, run into like Rakdos. You know, maybe when we're playing, uh, if the format changes to all, uh, I don't know, blue white control. It might be better, you know, yeah. or something like that, or or blue green, you know, lotus field. It might be yeah. better. And and this and this is what makes like the red decks, the blue red decks, really good, right? Imagine you mulligan five and you've got an expressive iteration in your hand. You're fine, right? Mm-hmm. Two lands, a creature, expressive iteration, something else. That's a mm-hmm. that's a more than keepable hand, right? Because you're basically because your deck is so cheap and full of cheap spells, and you're almost certainly two for winning every time or most times. With your expressive iteration, you don't have that in Boros, mm. so, so you can't mulligan aggressively. Maybe. It just needs more value. Yeah, it just doesn't have. It's you're just one for oneing all the time. You don't have that Lurus to two for oneing uh, to you know go a bit longer. You just don't mm-hmm. have it, and that's why I don't think it's good enough. So. I mean, Kevin, do you have one more you want to do? Want to ask about or uh, last one I was going to ask about because it's one that seems to come and go and come and go is like the sacrifice or food decks. Mm. Oh, that you just left the hardest one to last. Uh, <laughs> you know, gen- that, that's honestly you know, genuinely possibly, like yeah. genuinely like because I play this deck, I frequent this deck quite often. The John, um, the John sacrifice decks, um, <sighs> they're good, but yeah, Claudio played it a couple of weeks ago came 17th with John Midrange um although he was playing a weird deck he was playing oh sorry he was playing John Delirium what am I talking about mm. um that's just obviously whatever it is um Joe like I almost think it's just not on people's radar like I just don't think it's really on people's radar I think this is a sleeper deck, to be honest. Like it goes under the radar for a while, and then people just pick it up again and like do well with it. I've done that a couple of times where I've like not even thought about the deck in like a month, and then I thought, you know what, this might actually be all right, and then I play it and top it a challenge with it. Um, it's, oh, I think it's just like one of these mid range decks that. I don't want to play this against Lotus. I don't want to play this against like Blue White. Oh, one of so the things maybe that can be a point, you know, for trying to like list the big names is that it doesn't have 
a very fast clock particularly mm. so if there are decks that have some amount of inevitability you know when green was very popular that deck would kind of just win after a certain point lotus field absolutely has that effect so not having a fast clock even in a very strong you know gr- very grindy mm. mid-range deck might be enough of a reason to say this is why your deck sucks I do also think this is also a your deck sucks right now because it gets targeted hard when this deck is popular by things like Niv Mizzet, by things like the combo decks. Yeah, but draw is quite funny. I actually think it might be a good choice to play this weekend <laughs> because you, you might not be wrong. Yeah, that's I, actually pretty true. I'm thinking like surely, surely this deck has to be pre- like if we if Lotus was doing well at the weekend. More and more people are going to play mono red. This deck hoses mono red, and, and the blue red decks that have been so popular. It's probably it got has a to it has there. to be reasonable against them, right? Because like, yeah, they've got efficient removal for your like gilded goose and stuff, but you do gain a reasonable amount of life, and you have access to cards like Meat Hook Massacre, mm-hmm. and you have access Corvold kind of outshines a lot of their creatures. Mm-hmm. I've seen a deck that's playing No Mayhem Devil. I don't understand why. Like, I'm looking at all these lists and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I've seen a list playing four Riveteers Charm. I actually think that might be a nice... Pardon me. I think that actually might be an okay one or two of because the Edict effect is really nice eh, with the highest mana value. Um, I quite like that. I might actually consider it. You know what? I might actually brew up a, a Jun deck now. I've got the taste for it. Um, the issue is, like, I just see a lot of people playing, like, wildly different lists and it's really hard to pick one that's actually you know good as such um well don't worry our episode won't be out till monday so <laughs> when you guys are listening to this you'll have heard that uh, you know uh, Mar- martin spiked the tournament with um jund food yep it'll be too late and then it'll show up for a week and then niv with uh niv will come in you know claudia will come back <laughs> with a niv deck running like three usharn main and mobile we'll <laughs> exactly go. exactly no but yeah so your jund sacrifice deck doesn't suck you just need to build it right, and you need to know mm. when to play it. Don't play it when Lotus Field is the hotness. Mm-hmm. So maybe not this weekend, because Lotus might still pick up in popularity. Play it, play it in an aggro format. I think this beats most of the aggro midrange decks quite handedly. Probably suffers the week after when people try to go over the top of those decks with mm-hmm. slightly bigger decks, like your Niv Mizzets, and then it's horrendous the following week because Lotus comes back and just destroys everyone. Uh, that, that thinks about mid-range yeah ultimately mid-range in Pioneer historically has not been the greatest play Rakdos is kind of a bit of an outlier but most of the time it's it's never great to play you either want to play aggressive decks or you want to go way over the top and play like combo or some sort of like control deck I would say mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my take I think that's my take on the deck all right. Well, thank you for joining us on the show. We really appreciate uh, your insights. I actually okay. thought this was an awesome episode. Oh, did you have one more, Ryan? Yeah, but we can skip it. But I did have one topic I wanted to ask before we wrap up, though. I'll skip my sure, last sure, sure. topic. I wanted to ask about vampires, but that's fine. Oh, okay. Um, I but would say the- vamp- I'll, I'll sum up pretty fast. They can't go out in the sun. There we go. Yeah. They suck. Vampires, <laughs> vampires suffers similarly, if not worse, than what John's sacrifice does. It's just two in the middle. It gets over. It, it's too easy to go over the top, and it's yeah. I just think it, it's not. You also awesome. commented about Thoughtseize not being the best. Yeah, place, and that was always a Thoughtseize deck. Yeah, but I, think, I don't think. Mm-hmm. 
I was going to say, I think it transitions well between, you know, being a thought seize, controlling tech depth, and also kind of like a combo deck, putting in your, um, you know, your champion on turn three, for example. And then you also have the uh, ability to kind of have a long game with, uh, what's his name, with uh, uh, Markov, Edgar Markov, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I like how it's able to tr- transition between a couple different types if you needed I just, to. I, I just don't think champion turn three is that powerful, though. Like, mm-hmm. opponent just goes Winota and it makes a 6 6. That's true. Yeah. And they do that turn three as well. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, there's just more powerful. I would just, I don't know. I think there's just more powerful things to do in the format than vampires. I think it's too fair, mm-hmm. even though it does have an unfair element. See the, see the draws where you don't have Sorin? You're so bad. Yeah. You're just playing like a 2 3 and a 1 1 that draws your card. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah. It's just not okay. powerful enough or consistent enough. I like vampires, just not right now. Okay. I just think you need something else. So, Kevin, before you wrap it up, you know, you we've been you've been collecting all that data, all that information, like some tips and stuff. Let's just kind of review that before we, we wrap it up. So if someone is, you know, for example, they're playing these tier two decks or something that we didn't mention today, or they're building, you know, maybe they're playing around with some fringe decks, for example, what are some traps? What are some things they should avoid? So, like, for example, uh, we said consistency is, like, one of the main issues, right? I'd say, okay, so consistency, um, having a fast enough clock to beat the unfair decks, uh, being easily hated, you know, we kind of talked about, is it the right time to play a deck? Mm -hmm. If there's things that are just good against it, then it could be the wrong time. Or if you're something like Grease Fang, where there are a lot of sideboard cards that hit it very hard, that could be the wrong time. Uh, We also said... Yeah, just not you know not winning the game fast enough can be a problem. Um, you know, you can't dirtle for too long. Also, set the meta. You know, reading the meta is another another big one. Yep, absolutely. The meta. Uh, you want to make sure you have some amount of. You know, you can't be too fair. Is what we kind of said. Mm-hmm. Is that you? You want to have some free wins. Uh, whether that's a free matchup, it's a you know games where you can just have a god hand and never lose, or whatever it is. Okay. Anything else you want to add to that, uh, Martin? Yeah. The... Don't don't be a one trick, please. One trick like... pony you need to you need to meta game in this format like you like don't don't play the same deck week in week out you need and magic as well like i used i used to i used to play like predominantly control only for a long time you you just don't learn enough like you need to you need to play different decks and pioneer rewards people especially for picking different decks for the weekend i will not play i will not play the same deck every weekend now like i play i try and pivot to different decks don't mm-hmm. don't fall into that trap don't fall into trap, right? You, I'll see players one weekend it'll look like they're the best player in the world, and the next weekend it'll look like they're absolutely awful. Like mm. on on like kind of results, like you need to keep moving and you need to keep adjusting to the meta. Keep that in mind when you're building decks. Like it depends. Obviously, if you're a casual casual Steve or something, you like vampires, right? Cool, you like vampires. Go play vampires, have fun, but don't expect to win. Yeah, especially like, at OP events, you know, with the organized yeah, play. Yeah. Like if you're wanting to play compet- like if you want to play casual, you do you. That is completely your prerogative. No, no shade. If you're wanting to do competitively and you want to win events, you need to meta game. You need to work out what's going on. Try your best. Even if you get it wrong, that's okay. But at least have your finger on the pulse. Mm, you know, mm, listen mm. to podcasts like this podcast. You know, first pioneers. You will have people on regularly that will give updates. You can also. You can also listen to the tag team podcast, myself and Claudio. 
we <laughs> always we're always like reviewing the weekends and where we think the format's going. So and you know, any other great social media that we should be following and paying attention hmm. to? Um, first pioneers. What's your? I, I forget where your Twitter handle is because sometimes. Oh, I so we we are uh, at MTG Pioneer. At MTG Pioneer, you know, like I love coming on the show. The show's great. You know, you've got such a diverse like array of content which is great if you're want to just if you're want to also supplement that with some spiky content you can listen to the tag team podcast you can follow yeah. us at tag team nine claudio and i podcast every two weeks and we're always just talking about reviewing that weekend's meta and where we think the what's done well and where we think it's going so i highly recommend that and uh, also you can consider subscribing to the patreon if you want articles we provide that all the time um, and it's very good value for money. Um, have you guys? Have you guys considered doing a Patreon or anything? What's your? I was gonna. You know, we haven't been too uh, into the idea. Like, we, we we don't have any problem with it. We just you know haven't uh, thought about going down to support it. You know, I don't. We, I like don't want our to... listeners. We we don't. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. We don't want to ask them for anything. We just want to make content for them. So maybe we will one day down the road. Yeah. But, uh, right now, I don't want to have but... to deal with the taxes. No. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's but I was I was gonna say though, like, because I know midweek meta game do that where they, it's just a completely you know our content will always be free. But if you'd like to subscribe, I think that's you know if someone wants to show their support and you know give you a, give you a wee subscription yeah. every month there's nothing wrong with that you know they want to show their support yeah if um, kevin wants to handle the uh the tax side he can do that <laughs> yeah or we're 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 a mess we have people from all over the world and we're trying to pay out and all this it's like geez people from like israel to the u.s to nice. one point where, yeah oh. but that's that's top for our day but yeah that's that that wraps that up all right. all right so you already covered us we're adding to gpm yeah. pioneer that's a great place to follow us you can also find a link to our discord from there so that's the only other thing i'll shout out here uh ryan what about you yeah and of course you guys can follow me on uh, twitter at uh, yo japan hobbyist um but yeah uh I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure there's a couple decks that we couldn't reach today we couldn't talk about today so if you want to talk about why some other tier two deck tier two decks suck come into the discord tell us you know what the problem is with this deck and you know hopefully we can kind of discuss like how to fix it how to make it better and how to make your deck less fair and more broken sounds good perfect all right thank you so one last time for joining us we are the first pioneers podcast and we look forward to being everyone's go-to source for pioneer um should i just say that we are sucking out today yeah we suck (laughs) (laughs) everyone if you've listened to this just know you suck (laughs) (laughs) perfect thanks so much everyone and goodbye